Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I am Jerem Jordan. Great to have you alongside Banksy. Hey, the Rugby World Cup is coming to the States in 2031 for the men and 2033 for the women. It happened, baby. If you're looking for a reason to celebrate, man, this is it. This is huge. This is game-changing for the culture of rugby in the United States of America. So exciting. Big conversation coming up with the executive chair of the committee to try and get that, Jim Brown. Lots of conversation there. We asked about, are they going to move the time to not compete with football? What cities are we talking about? There's a lot of work to be done. Excited for that conversation. That's coming up later in the program. We're live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts. I went to lunch today, and Calvin Whiting went to the same place. So it was great to see Calvin today. Spotify and SoundCloud. Send in questions and comments if you got them. Here's what's on the show. Two new signings announced today. We'll talk about who. We'll recap the Houston game. Week 15 in Major League Rugby, week 16 coming up this week. Zion going, great name, great player. He's going to join the program. Austin coming to town, City Edition kits, big game with the Gilgronies. Also, the hidden talents on the team will be on display, plus the aforementioned conversation with Jim Brown. No, not that Jim Brown, but the Jim Brown that is the World Cup bid committee chair for USA Rugby. Okay, let's talk about the new signings right off the, right off the bat. Jeff Steele, a prop formerly of the Austin Gilgronies. Hey, timely signing. What are they going to do? And David Beach, a lock on loan from D.C. These are two guys that are uh, filling in and ha- and will support an already uh, talented squad. Steel's great. You're talking about a really well-educated rugby player that can play anywhere across that front, lo- uh, front row. Uh, typically plays tight head, but he can play hook. He can play loose head. This is a guy that has a lot of coaching experience, having coached some high school teams. He grew up in Chicago. Uh, I think he's played or signed with Houston at one point and then was with Austin, played with them for a long time, got a lot of minutes and a lot of look in training with Austin. So it's great to have a guy like that. And then David Beach, this is a guy 6'7", 200, what is he, like 250, 260 pounds. This is some of the height that we've been looking for on this Warriors team to have that kind of cover when uh, Tree went out. You know, we lost Jamie Lane to injury left a big hole in that second row. This is a guy that can easily fill that role in a versatile player. Played some time with Stars Rugby, so you know the pedigree is there for the quality of rugby that this guy's played. So two really exciting signings and some quality gap fillers for a very banged-up Utah Warriors squad. Yep, they're training. They're in town. We'll see if they uh, make the 23 here uh, this weekend or the last three games. Okay, let's recap the Houston game. This is a game that uh, Utah goes down 31-27. Scored late to make it a little closer there. But uh, fifth minute, Calvin Whiting starts the game with a penalty goal. That's what's happened the last couple weeks, feels like. Tenth minute, Davey Kutzer, a try off the mall. Conversion no good. Houston up 5-3 at this point. Ten minutes later, 20th minute, Louis Vandersheef uh, scores. 10-3 Houston. Conversion no good. Real windy that direction. Calvin Whiting told me it was crazy. And it looked crazy, right, as we called it. 25th minute, turning point in the game here, Banksy. Juan Pablo Zays, a prop for Houston, gets a yellow card. It's a power play. That's what the league wants to call it now. When there's yellow card, a power play like hockey. Let's go. I like it. Utah scores two tries on this power play. Two minutes later, Saya Uhila makes it 10-10. Saya was incredible in this game, man. I mean, Saya just played some of the best rugby that we've seen. You know, he's always so physically dominating. But the lines that he ran, the support, his ability to arrive at the rucks was fantastic. And I know, I think he was the uh, dot vote player of the match. Uh, for this match and should have been he was everywhere I mean talk about a guy that's turning back the clock fighting uh, fighting father time there 
you know, Sayo Hila, I think, is winning that fight right now. It's Tom Brady and Sayo Hila. It's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> and everyone else in the league. <laughs> Sayo Hila also has 325 million with Fox later. Oh, wait, crap. Uh, we wish, right? Um, four minutes later. Joe Mano scores for a third straight week coming off an ACL. 17-10. Warriors take the lead here. Absolutely unbelievable from Joey, and it was an incredible score. All the kid did before he got hurt was score tries, and he's picking up right where he left off like he'd been gone. Absolutely zero time missed. He's got five tries in three weeks. He has equaled Mikey Tail for most on the team and Lance Williams. I mean, we're talking about the last three weeks – Unbelievable stuff. 38th minute, Dean Muir scores a try to make it 17-17. We've got a game here. It's tied at halftime. Uh, it's tied at halftime. Okay, Joe Mana, 48th minute, scores another try, right? The fifth one. Conversion no good, 22-17. Up to the 57th minute. This is this is a game-changing play here. High ball. Again, it was a little windy. Tomasi Toga comes up to try and make a play. Can't quite get it. Bounces past Mikey Teo as well. They have trouble feeling it. Houston scores 24-22, Zach Pangelinan. And it, it felt like the game turned there, but there was still time. There was a lot of time left on the clock there at that point. I mean, you're still talking 20 minutes left in the rugby match, but that really felt like a shift in the momentum that Houston never gave back after that match. You know, Pangelinan came through on a screamer. Substitute minutes, fresh legs, made a big difference for Houston, specifically on that play, and scored a huge splashdown try. Yeah, that one was tough. Uh, but again, just just get back in the try zone, take the lead, or get a penalty goal. Unfortunately, in the 79th minute, Gideon von Weick, uh scores a try to win it. That ends up being the game-winning score. But, and granted, these points aren't going to put Utah in the playoffs or anything. But the fight from the boys, despite that, is even more notable, perhaps, is that Chad Goff scores a try, his second of the season, an extra time. That gets Utah two bonus points because it gets it within seven. And it's the fourth try. So that was a big moment, too. Well, you know, Houston, knowing they had the nine points, it was going to take two tries. You know, they were in the 78th, 79th, 80th, and then, you know, 81st minute by the time it went to Chad. It was great to get the ball to space. You know, Chad finds himself on the outside with the ball in his hands a lot just because of the range that he has on the field and his athleticism. So it was good to see him rewarded for what was a really great shift of, of work for the day. You know, and it just felt like this one, another one, just slipped away. It becomes what the seventh game uh, out of thirteen that have been decided by seven or fewer. Unbelievable how narrow the margins have been. Tough stuff, man. Jeez. Okay, man of the match, as you mentioned, Saya Uhila. Two defenders beaten. Ten carries. One hundred eight meters for a lock who who can play flanker, can play eight man, and he scored a try. I mean, he was fantastic in this. Sayo Hila's on that old boy's path. The older you get, the lower the number on the back of your jersey. You know, he went from being an eight to a seven to a six. Now he's playing at the five and four. You know, by the time he retires, he'll end up playing loose head prop if he's uh, if he's still wanting to put his boots on. So it was a great shift from the Chief, and you love to see it. You know, you want that core leadership late in the season to, to step up and rally the young guns, and Saya did that. Ooh, the Chief. I'm running with that as a nickname. I like that one. That's good. Okay, uh, maybe we play with the blonde uh, beard somehow. we got to figure that out. Okay, stats on this one. 5-4 uh, in tries for Houston. That one other tries the difference, right? Conversion, it was hard to make them in the wind here. One penalty goal, though, for Calvin Whiting. Tackles go the way of the Warriors. Uh, lineouts, a couple that, that uh, didn't go Utah's way. Notably, uh, inside the 10 meters a couple of times, scrums were perfect for both teams. 
you know, it was a pretty even match all the way around. And I think that really was reflective of the end score. Um, you know, the difference was punishing your opponents for their mistakes. And Utah made too many mistakes in the critical area, specifically under the high ball, you know, with Tomasi Tonga and Mikey Teo not able to get the communication right. And that ball just hanging in the wind and making it difficult for anybody to, to take clean. So it's a game of literal millimeters sometimes. And that's the, the way it bounced this week. Bounced is exactly the operative word there. Uh, okay, Major League Rugby first 15. One guy represented, Sayo Hila at, uh, at left lock. Congratulations to him. Can I put a formal protest in that they put Zeiss in there at tight head prop when he got absolutely <laughs> dominated the entire game and card. had a yellow card? How do you yeah, put a guy on. that was out for 10 minutes in your first 15? Okay, should Joe Mono have been on here as well? Absolutely. I mean, take nothing away from, you know, Wheeler had a great game and uh, Hood had a great game in Toronto. But, you know, you got to give credit where credit's due. And if Joey Mono's putting up a double every week, put the kid in your first 15, y'all. Yeah, it's it's two doubles now, right? Like, let's go. Come on, man. Double, double. Let's get this guy an in and out deal. Let's go. Okay, uh, Major League Rugby. Let's recap uh, what happened around the league. New England beat ATL on Friday. That was a big win because ATL is fighting for two. They're kind of in the third spot. Friday, uh, New England extended its Major League Rugby record to 10 games won in a row. They're dominating. Absolutely streaking. And I'm surprised that game was at 15-10. I thought it would have been a much higher scoring affair with the way both of those teams have been this year. But the physicality, the commitment to defense kept that tight and really close for that match. Dallas scored single-digit points for the seventh time this season. Toronto pours it on 57-0. Nola takes it to D.C. Nate Osborne used to coach Nola for a long time. He's the D.C. coach now. Um, and uh, 50-21 in that one. New York took out Seattle 30-22. That was a big one for both. And then in the Cali Cup, San Diego upsets L.A. 31-27. Giltini's had a seven-game win streak. Those last two games there, that New York game was absolutely brutal to watch physically. And it ended up coming down to the forward pack and the scrummaging in that. It was a great game to watch if you're a rugby purist. And then the complete opposite, you know, in San Diego, if you wanted to watch Billy Meeks and uh, Ma'anonu just run at each other all game and break tackles and run in space. That's what that game was all about in the Cali Cup and a really entertaining match to watch between San Diego and L.A. It's fun to watch this league. It really is. There's a lot of good, interesting players and good teams. It's awesome, man. Okay, standings through round 15. Austin out in front, but only up four. L.A. right there. Houston with the win. Four points ahead of San Diego. Still with the game in hand, by the way. Uh, Seattle right there as well. So it's still a five-team race. I mean, look at how tight it is. 12 points separate first through fifth with three games left to go and officially 15 points on offer. And a lot of these teams see each other in late season action too. So things could get really interesting in that top three as we shake up the Western conference playoff race. What we didn't mention is that Utah was officially out of the playoffs after last week, but we felt like this for, for a while. <laughs> so we didn't care to mention it, but that's, that, that's a fact. Okay, in the Eastern Conference, New England dominating. They're going to be the one seed. It'd be shocking if they fall from this. The battle for two is interesting. And Rugby HL, a massive difference in this season is the fact that Utah beat them three weeks ago, two weeks ago. Could be crucial in the long run. You know, Toronto's playing really good rugby right now, too. And they're going to try and scratch and claw their way in it. A lot of tough matchups at the end of the season for these top-of-the-table teams. And it really only looks like 
New England's been up to the task of answering the call week in and week out. They've been amazing. Okay, let's look at round 16 matchups this week. We've got Thursday night rugby tomorrow. How about that with Toronto hosting New England? That one's fun. D.C. and Houston, Dallas and L.A., NOLA Golden San Diego, Utah and Austin. The most compelling matchup by far this week uh, from a you know playoff standpoint is New Jersey versus ATL, as we like to say. Rugby New Jersey could open the gap here and give themselves a little breathing room this week, but Rugby ATL have been the class of the East historically, and they're looking to reclaim that title. They're not going to go down quiet. Hey, that's what's coming up. Round 16, we will preview the matchup with Austin coming up. We are on the call on TV and radio for that one. Very excited about that. In the City Edition jerseys. It's going to be awesome. Love seeing the City Edition jerseys. And if you want to get yours and be at the game, go to warriorsrugby.com. See the special Cottonwood Canyon jerseys honoring some of the geological traditions and landmarks that we have here. The activities up the Cottonwood Canyons with skiing represented in the white the green of the pine trees, the gray for the granite rocks and the quarries where a lot of the classic landmarks here in Utah were sculpted out of. You can bid on the game-worn jerseys or you can buy yours. Go to shop.warriorsrugby.com. You can also get your tickets to the game. There will be fireworks after the game to honor and commemorate the City Edition jerseys. So it's going to be a great night of rugby at Zions Bank Stadium, Dub Nation. Make sure you're there. Man, there is every stinking reason to go to this game. There's so many compelling, even at three and 10, let's go. It's going to be fun. Okay. Let's bring in our first of two guests today. He is new to the team from the last two months, mid-season signing scrum half Zion going, who I'm so excited to chat with. We've just chatted briefly to get to know a little bit better. Zion, welcome to Dub Nation. Great to have you, man. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you. It's been good to be on. Okay. Let's talk about your name first off. Uh, you got a lot going on there. Zion. We have Zion's National Park. Zion is a place people are presuming. And then going, Sid going. We know Sid, uh, great Kiwi, right? So uh, tell us a little bit about your name, kind of where you're from, the rugby background, the relation to Sid, all that. Uh, so I think Zion. To be honest, I don't know too much about why I'm named it, but I'm pretty sure it has something to do with Bob Marley. <laughs> that's Kiwi ass, bro. Yeah, <laughs> really. That's awesome. I think, I think that's half the reason. Uh, and I am a member, so. Zion member, yeah. There you go. And then, yes, so, so going is my granddad's brother. Your yep, great uncle, then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, my great uncle. Yep. Very cool. Did Have you have you met him? Have you talked to him? Have you? Yeah, yeah. Relationship there? Yeah, I don't know if he knows me anymore, but I'm, he's getting pretty old. But, yeah, no. Nah. I've met him a few times, yeah. That's awesome. So, I mean, you want to talk about l- rugby literally running in your bloodline in the history of the All Blacks and uh, and, and the Kiwis, you know incredible name to have and and being the standard bearer for it here how have things gone since you've kind of stepped up to the plate it seems like to me the difference in the chemistry and the pairing of the style of play between you and Caleb Mockney I don't know if that's both of you guys being Kiwi or if it's that's just the your playing styles seem to match up really well in these last couple of games yeah nah well I don't know too much but yeah we live together so we, we get we get a few things going um but, yeah, I think it's just eyes up footy, really, playing what's in front. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, jumping in as a scrum half on a team is always interesting, kind of mid-season. What was that like for you to uh, join the team, try and get the chemistry down, try and get the plays down? And then we saw against Rugby ATL, like, what this team can do. That was awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was good. Um, the boys are good, so 
it was easy for me to fit in. Just had to had to get into the books and then do what I had to do. So talk about the game at Houston because it seemed like a lot of things worked and some things just didn't quite go our way. What are your highs and lows and takeaways from that game? Oh, uh, very hot, very humid. I was I was definitely blowing that game. It was yeah pretty hard, but I think team wise we just we just went finishing, you know. We, but yeah, can't do much about it. Eh? That's rugby. We'll get into the gold zone and then I know one simple mistake puts us back down on the back foot. So, yeah. Talking to Zion Going, scrum half for the Utah Warriors here on Dub Nation. How did the signing with Utah take place, and why was this a good fit for you? Uh, so I've been in the talks with Utah for a while because I was born in America. So I've been I've been in the system, and um, at the start of the year they hit me up, but I was that's when I found out I was having a baby. So I was, uh, you know, had to was going to stay for that. And then midway through the season, uh, Robbie Abel called me and said we need a halfback, and uh, my missus was all right with it, so boss is all right with it. Then I guess it was good to happen, and then, yeah, I knew a few boys here, so yeah, it's good. And then who'd straight you, back to the mic. <laughs> uh, so I knew of Jamie Lane uh, and, and Caleb Markney through uh, through Mitre 10, so knew through them, the, knew those boys, and Robbie, I'm good with Robbie, so yeah. Everybody knows Robbie, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So what are your what are some of your favorite things now that you've spent some time here in the states? What are your some favorite things about being here and and the culture, the lifestyle? Obviously, things are very different from being back in in New Zealand. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, I think the boys play a big part in why I love it here. Um, they're such good boys. They yeah, and then food. Love some American food, and golf. I'm enjoying my golf at the moment. What was the first thing you wanted to try when you got here? That because there's a lot of things here that you can't get in New Zealand and vice versa. What was the one thing you were most excited to check out? Uh, Food-wise, or just anything? Let's go food and non-food. Uh, food. I think Popeyes was. A, I heard a lot about Popeyes and In and Out and those type of stores. Yeah, they they met the expectations. Um, and then I think scene. It's pretty cool. Scenics here is pretty unreal. Yeah, yeah. The, the mountains just kind of swallow you up as you yeah. stare out your windows. It's not like, oh. like New Zealand doesn't have amazing mountains, uh, no, but no. the fact that you can live right up next to them like that and go yeah, hike just, and go yeah. into you know, there's a lot to do, which is super cool. That's awesome. Oh, well, okay. I, when I when I got when Robbie called me, I was I asked him. I was packing my bags. I was like, "Bro, what do I need, man?" Like, and he goes, "Oh, it's hot as hot as." And I got in, and I was freezing. It was not. <laughs> So I don't bring any hoodies, any pants, because he sold me a story of it's hot, shorts and shirts is all you need. And you know, I was training, first training, and it was snow. That's Arizona. He yeah. told you the wrong state. Yeah, he definitely did me. He did me. That's hilarious. Robbie Abel. They, of course he would say that. That's hilarious. Okay. Robbie's got an extra layer on him that keeps him warm, too. You know, yeah. as front row types, you know. Never listen to a prop about whether it's cold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is true. That is true. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned um, – you were gonna have a bit. Uh, you were gonna have a baby. You're saying kid. You did yep. two weeks ago, yep. and you're here, and you just have to look at pictures and video and FaceTime. What? Yes. Off, yes what's your right. kid's name? Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Uh, so his name's Tamudi, uh, which is uh, Maori for snapper. So. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And then yeah. has that been difficult to not be there? Uh, we've got uh, three weeks left, right, in the season. Yeah, I don't think it's quite hit me. 
just the fact that I haven't seen him. But um, yeah, no, nah, definitely get jealous of when I get FaceTime and all my families meet him and butt me. So a lot of FaceTime oh, back to Whangarei, so he hears Dad's voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. Oh, so she's an Aussie actually. She's gone to Aussie and oh, her, with her family. Yeah, yeah, with her mum and sisters and that. So, but yeah, I'm not too long. It's only three weeks. So. Be holding the baby in your arms again. So yeah. with three weeks left in the season now, what are you most looking forward to? Because things seem to be clicking now for this team, you know, and it's I think it's all about just cleaning up, like you said, those little mistakes, those personal errors and those accountability yeah. moments where the leadership of this team is stepping up and the boys continue to back each other. Three games left. What are you most looking forward to to see out of this squad? Uh, just probably just the boys putting it back together because you know, we all know we can do it and um, although the win against Atlanta was good but like we knew that we just beat one of the top teams and we were just thinking where we could have been if we had put everything together so I think just winning these last three games is big for not next year I guess confidence for next year now absolutely yeah and that was that was a party after yeah yeah it was that, it was. Was, that was crazy okay let's talk about your hair so you got you got like the like the long, you got the beads you got the long like how long has that hair been growing and what's the motivation behind the style here? Oh, I mean, I've actually just cut it. I probably cut like that much off it the other day. Um, my missus my missus plaits it, but I can't plait it anymore. So I've got Jane now, um, physio doing it, and so she's she's holding it down there. Uh, but yeah, the, the reason I grew is just something I've always wanted to do. I used to have one when I was a little kid. And then, uh, yeah. You're a little like Anakin Skywalker kind right there, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. Like a Padawan uh, Jedi or something. Yeah. yeah, so before I came here, I actually had a mullet. But um, one of my uh, – so my rugby club, my northern, um, one of the, our boys had cancer, so we all cut out here. And when I cut my hair, I signed the papers, and I was just – I was bold, and I was thinking, oh, these photos, Utah photos are going to be true. hideous. Man, what's wrong like with the, being uh, bald? <laughs> You're wrong with being bald? <laughs> Come at me, bro. Mason, drop the picture of Zion for the, the, the cover of this episode again. Yeah. It, okay, so, so now we know, yeah, why you had uh, Yeah, no, it wasn't it wasn't by choice. It wasn't by choice. I there don't we know go. There it is. Yeah, no, nah, that's yeah, we can take that down. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so I was bold with this with this little little patch on the back of my head. Yeah, my granddad wasn't a fan of it. Most granddads aren't. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> well zion uh we appreciate the time man it's so uh nice to get to know you and it's no, been great you. to have you on the warriors it's been it's been fun and uh we got a big game with austin with yeah, the definitely. Uh, jer city edition jerseys gonna you guys are gonna look good yeah hopefully i mean i'll get my hair cut done so should be all right okay well thanks for uh the time and we'll see you saturday at zion's Bank yeah, sweet. thank you have hey, a good that's one. Zion going. he hates this photo we know that uh, but he did it for a good cause, which is super cool. And uh, I think Zion and I have to fight on site now for calling out bald guys. I think that's just it's the law now. So right? we got to scrap. It's just when you it, I'll make the rules. I was like, this is an incredible name, and obviously, going you immediately think Sid. So it's great, his great uncle. And this dude comes over here. He hasn't even met a second kid. Like the sacrifice that he has to play and provide for his family. Pretty cool, man. And he has stepped in and started the last couple of weeks, done a really nice job. You know, it's really the story of a lot of guys in rugby in America right now. And we watched this happen as the game developed professionally in Australia and New Zealand. When I was a teenager, I kind of saw all of this develop and the sacrifices these guys make. A lot of them working jobs during the day 
and then playing rugby at night, going away from family just to try and earn a contract. And then they get to the point where they can put away the second job now and the league grows and now they can be full-time rugby players. And then the next step now will be hopefully getting these guys paid more of what they deserve as they continue to put their bodies on the line week in and week out and are 12,000 miles away from their families and their newborns in these crucial moments during these seasons. You know, the sacrifice they make, not just physically, but emotionally and, you know, missing out on those key moments and memories with their families. You know, I think I don't think it can be understated. So props to Zion and to all the boys for stepping up and and putting it on the line for Dub Nation. 100%. And everybody in the league, like, we're going to look back in 20 years and be like, remember those guys? They, like, helped build this thing, which is awesome. Okay, let's preview the matchup with Austin. It's the Utah Warriors, Austin Gilgronies. Coming up Saturday, May 21st, 8 Mountain Time. We'll be on KJazz on TV here in Salt Lake City, kslsports.com, the Rugby Network streaming, ESPN 700 and ESPN 960, of course, on the radio. Utah's wearing its City Edition jerseys inspired by Cottonwood Canyon. Awesome. The last meeting uh, was in February. That's round three. Austin beat Utah 24-10. Ten points tied for fewest in Warriors history in a game, so certainly looking for more there. But the last time they played in Harriman, this was the most complete game of the season last year, a 45-24 win by the Warriors, third most points in a game in Warriors history, second largest margin of victory. You see the series history, 5-2-1. and one. Warriors have not lost to Austin in Utah, and three of the top six fewest points allowed games are against Austin. Typically, this is a good defensive performance. Let's see if Utah shows up again in Harriman. You know, the preparation from the boys has been incredible for these last few games, and, you know, this makes – what seven games now out of the the losses for the Utah Warriors that are now by seven points or less so you want to talk about being so close to putting incredible things together we saw them do it versus Dallas we saw them do it versus rugby ATL we even saw these boys go to LA and hang it on the Giltinis at home so we know the quality of rugby is there and for some reason Austin just brings out the best in us when we're at home playing these guys in their creamsicle jerseys and the fans and the noise and the fireworks and playing in these city edition jerseys. This is going to be a battle. Hey, any Austin fan hearing creamsicle is offended. It's burnt orange to them, like the Texas Longhorns. I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, man. It's creamsicle. Y'all stole the color. (laughs) Do you have a Steve Young Tampa Bay jersey? Because if not, I feel like you need one. I don't. I have a Warren Sapp one. I have a classic creamsicle Warren Sapp jersey. Of course. Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks are my two favorite bucks of all time. All timers, man. (laughs) Okay, a couple players to watch in the Austin game. Marco Keefe is a tremendous center. Eight tries. That's top five in the league. Top five as well in uh, ball carry meters. Mac Mason, he didn't play last week at, at fly half, so we'll see if he goes. Not sure the situation there, if it's injury or not. He's fourth in points. Julian Dominguez, six tries, really good winger. Bryce Campbell's the USA Eagles captain. And then Will McGee has been with the Eagles for a while as well. He fills in if, as a kicker if Mac Mason's not there. So keep an eye on these guys, among others. And let's not forget the flip side of the ball with, you know, Cap Bailey Wilson, one of the top five players in MLR in tackles made. The 2021 MLR player of the year. Mikey Teo, as well as, you know, Paulie Mullins, Gus McClellan, and all the hogs that we've got in that forward pack ready to put in work. There are names of note on all 30 guys in the starting 15 when that first whistle blows. So it's going to be electric. Is Austin going to do what Atlanta did? I don't think so, which is they had a lineup that was full of backups with some starters on the bench thinking, we got this. They didn't. Austin needs this 
to stay and try and win the West and be the one seed. So uh, maybe it's different, but I, I expect and, and hope that, you know, Utah will be in it like the ATL game because that was a fantastic performance and they have not lost versus this team at home before. I think ATL probably were overlooking the Warriors and the quality of rugby that yeah. they had been playing with that squad that they sent and and the lineup that they presented. That's not going to happen now. I think that was a wake-up call for everybody saying, hey, you can't go in soft week in, week out. You got to play your top squad every single week to make it happen in MLR. And so I think Austin are going to come with their best. Certainly a talented squad. Well, everybody's got a hidden talent. Uh, some are more hidden than others. Here's what the players had to say about their teammates. It's a whole melon can eat a whole hot dog in one bite. All a sea game. You can play the guitar and sing like an angel. Carson Shoemaker for best model on the team. Carson Shoemaker is a fantastic model. Marcy can play both his legs. Yuri Van Uren is a DJ, professional DJ. Ollie, Ollie's dancing. Ollie can do the Dougie. Ollie is really, really good at doing the worm. Kevin Lopes is unreal with the ladies. God's gift to women. Kevin Martin is a magician, like Danny Christensen, correct, David? Niall is an absolute wizard on the roulette table. Danny Christensen, voice of an angel. Over under sixty two percent true on those. Uh, I think you're you're probably. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over on that. Okay. Knowing some of these guys and what they can do, I'm gonna take the over on that and say there's more truth to that than than fiction. I need some Texas Hold'em with Danny Christensen. <laughs> I want to see a DJ set from Yuri Van Vieren well, at EDC. Let's go. We know that's one. That one is real. Uh, we know that Paul CK can sing and play the guitar. So, yeah, we know a couple of those are, are true. So that's awesome. A lot, a lot of great memories with the squad, a lot of great memories of these boys. And now you can own your own because your Utah Warriors are taking the field in these City Edition Cottonwood Canyons jerseys. And you can get yours. They are available now in the Utah Warriors shop. So go to shop.warriorsrugby.com. And you can bid on the game day jerseys that the boys will actually wear on the field. So get your game day kit in action, verified, certified, bona fide, and been on it now at shop.warriorsrugby.com. Gosh, dang it, those look good. Man, can't wait to see them coming up on Saturday night. Well, the United States is hosting the 2031 Men's World Cup and the 2033 Women's World Cup. It's going to be amazing. Earlier, I spoke with the executive chair of the USA Rugby World Cup bid committee, Jim Brown, about it. To have you on Dub Nation. Thanks for uh, taking the time to hang out with us for a few minutes. Well, thanks for having me. I'm a big Warrior fan, so this is really a treat to be a part of your 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 show. Fantastic. Uh, we're stoked about uh, what happened. Congratulations. I know there was a lot of hard work to get the bids for the 2031 Men's World Cup and the 2033 Women's World Cup. Congratulations. What was your reaction when you heard the good news? Uh, well, I was asleep when I got texted the first time, but uh, yeah, it was a little early in the morning. And but I, I'm an early riser, so that was no problem. Uh, but it was, it was in the end. Uh, you know, certainly the day was a great day, and not necessarily an immediate reaction. But uh, you know, 
a good a good sign for me anyway is if I'm in a great mood for the rest of the day, and that was really great. And it's continued on now for for a few days now through the weekend and onwards. And let's hope we can keep it going for another eleven plus years. And we'll get into sort of the work ahead of here in a minute. But um, when did the idea first come about that this could be a thing? This could be a possibility that that the United States tries to get this. Well, you know, I, I was working on the the soccer 2026 World Cup bid, and uh, I have to admit that during those days, um, a, a, as that process was going through and was re really stressful in a lot of ways, there was always the thought of what other what other event could come to the United States, and as you do in your free time or whenever you're trying to distract yourself. And, and I have to say, for a while, I had thought that the Rugby World Cup could be a, a real possibility in the United States. We worked with the cities, we worked with stadiums, and it just felt like something that could happen someday. And then right after I returned back from Moscow, when we won the rights to the 2026 FIFA World Cup with Canada and Mexico, I got a, a LinkedIn message, which I never do, uh, from, from Ross Young, who was the at the time, the interim CEO of, of USA Rugby. And it turns out he had a similar idea. And he and I had met each other when I was at FIFA and he was at the World Rugby, or at the time, the IRB. And um, and and since then, we while I did help as a board member of USA Rugby, um, I, I think uh, we always had in the back of our mind to make this possible. And funding came in place, a lot of it coming from MLR and, and owner owners of MLR uh, franchises, and um, and I, I think uh, as we started the process in August of 2020, formally, um, you know, it, it became every day we inch closer to the fact that it really could be a reality, and uh, it got serious and real, and and stadiums were excited. Um, the rugby community started to warm up to the idea, and we weren't going to mess it up. And and uh, and uh, I think cities were into it. And and as that like a ball going downhill, snowball going downhill, it got bigger and bigger. It's so exciting, and I didn't know I uh, had you in part to thank for the 2026 World Cup coming to the U.S. and Mexico and Canada. I'm stoked about that too. It's all coming to the go. U.S. That's awesome, man. That's, it's going to be a kind of five, seven years there, right? Yeah, yeah. You can Google me. <laughs> you're on Google? that's amazing that's awesome um in terms of uh what it took to get this what what did usa rugby need to show world rugby that it had whether it was like you mentioned finances stadiums and so forth to be able to host this uh well i think there's there's the 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 stakeholder side and i think there, there's the financial side, of course, and and then there's the political side and the government side. And, and I think from a stakeholder side, I, we were able to confirm. So we started by in August uh, with the, with this work and we called it the feasibility study. So we really want to go out to the market and see, see if this was possible before we really stuck our necks out um, and spent a little bit of money. People provided us money, namely, as I said, the MLR owner group that, that came together to, to provide us the funding for that. And I would say by the end of September, we had a pretty good feeling that the cities and the stadiums reacted very positively. And I think that's a huge asset to 
to any big event, especially national level event, to be able to think that, you know, stadiums like SoFi and Rose Bowl and Levi's and MetLife and Gillette and, you know, every, every single one of them, for the most part, came back and said, you know, we were interested in this thing. And, and we were happy to spend weeks filling out questionnaires for all this technical data. Uh, so that was one. And then within that, we confirmed that we thought we'd have enough support to expand the fields to meet the requirements of a rugby rugby game versus an NFL game or college football game. So that I think the technical side, we, we determined we could do it. Um, and then the financial side, we, we put together a budget of expense aligned with what World Rugby says they require. Um, we, we put that together with what we think we could generate with some you know, commercial experts providing us that, that guidance. Uh, and the numbers look pretty good. And, um, and then the final piece, to a certain extent, at least from our side, was that, um, was that the federal government, you know, Joe Biden sent a letter to the chairman of World Rugby and said, you know, we want this thing or we want these things. Uh, and, then, and then the idea of have, hosting two in a row, what, you know, we initially proposed and World Rugby liked it. So there's, and, but I think the key ingredient though, soon, soon into this process was we got a feeling that World Rugby liked what we were doing, uh, not just, you know, bidders, but liked the potential of what rugby could get out of the United States or, or do for the United States too. And they were really invested in this in, in a lot of ways, not, not necessarily financially, but invested in it from, uh, you know, emotionally, they realized that this was a big opportunity, not only for the U.S., but for rugby in the United States. And, and that, if you're a sales guy, that's a good feeling because you know that you know they want it. Uh, and and we, we, we stayed humble. We, we never got cocky. And uh, we, we did what they wanted, which I think they appreciate and appreciated. And, and I think we, we understand they're in charge. So the whole thing came together and we're pretty happy with it. And props to you guys for sticking with it, for moving, because I know originally, yeah. right, you want to kind of 27, 29, you move, you get exactly. you can be flexible, right? Yeah. It's all good. All those yeah. stadiums sound amazing, and I can see them filled up for these amazing matchups. Yeah. Um, which which we've seen, right? Uh, the Kiwis yeah. come to town and big, get a huge crowd in Chicago. We've we've seen yeah. some really nice showings. Yeah. And that's pre kind of pre-MLR, which I want to yeah. get to in a second. But I did want to ask you in terms of and it's early. You still have a lot to figure out. Will, will um, the Rugby World Cup take place in the same time frame that it usually does? Is there any fear of going up against college football in the NFL? Uh, the Rugby or the Soccer World Cup has said, in Qatar, it's too hot. We're going to play in the fall. There's been a lot of discussion yeah. about that, right? Is yeah. there any discussion about the timing of the 31 and 33 World Cups? Uh Yes. And, um, you know, the reality is, and, and you know, I was, I was at FIFA during all of that Qatar stuff early on. I mean, before, I left just before they were confirmed as the hosts. But, you know, our position is that World Rugby requires the event as of today. And our bid says that the, the event is scheduled for September, October, and that's what we're prepared to do. And then we did an, oh, by the way, if we found another window, maybe it would be better. Um, and that's really been our position with not only World Rugby, but to the stadiums and the communities. And I, I do think it's possible to do it where it is uh, in September and October. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy no matter where it is. But um, 
the reality is, is we have time to deal with that question in, in the nine years ahead. And it's not just the men's in 31, it's the women's as well. Yep. So over time, we feel that uh, there's an ability to do further analysis on all that and, and understand them both. How do we make it happen in that window, but also uh, on how, how it could impact the Rugby World Cup if you tried another window. And, and that's, it's not our decision. It's obviously World Rugby's decision, but you know, we, we think they'll make the right decision. But currently we're, we're expecting it to be in September, October. I'll be interested to see when it, when it is, and I'll be watching either way, uh, which is the good yeah. news. It'll be awesome. We're talking yeah. to Jim Brown uh, on Dub Nation. Okay, Major League Rugby, what, what role did that have in being – in, in helping with the bid in any way, having a domestic league that's now five years in and hopefully continues to grow and be an even bigger deal in 2031? Uh, well, I think it's super important. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough, you can believe it or not, old enough to have been part of the 94 World Cup group that, that delivered that. Uh, and one thing that didn't exist, and I was an employee of, of a professional team at the time, uh, before I worked on the Rugby World Cup, but the reality is it wasn't really a national league. Uh, and, and part of the deal with FIFA was that they would give the, the World Cup to the United States if they started a professional league before 94. And in the end, it was after 94. So Major League Soccer started, uh, was delayed uh, for a lot of reasons. But, you know, the outcome of that was obviously a successful league that's still thriving and or thriving more than it's or as or thriving the, the the point as i say the advantage rugby may have is there is a league that that exists and a national league and a professional league and i think in that regard alone i think there's not only because the you have professional players engaged and, and getting better and, and practicing their trade which obviously is important but you also have people in the markets trying to to get people to watch rugby weekly or daily or on TV and, and just having that that interaction and, and that expertise and that experience being developed just like you guys on a daily basis trying to sell the sport. I mean, that's huge and, and, and I think is viewed as a positive and was viewed as a positive in, in the lead up and decision to let us host. The fact that there's people out there who are, you know, losing money and trying to bring the sport, but eventually will make money and and, and the sport will benefit from it. I'm excited to see where it goes, absolutely. And there's this big pie-in-the-sky goal now, uh, right, of, hey, we're hosting this. we got to be ready, and uh, it's really exciting. So Soccer World Cup, Rugby World Cup, what else can we bring to the U.S. that you haven't already brought here, Jim? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not worried about that right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I had a great time this weekend mountain biking with my kids and I the first time I've done that for a while partially because the snows melt but partially because I had time to do it but but you know this country has has a lot to offer big sports and and I think people and and certainly the enthusiasm not only in the United States but that I received around the world from people that I've worked with I think is 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 a sign that rugby itself and and people outside of the United States see not only see this as potential, but see this as, as really a sign that rugby uh, is marketable and can compete in, in a market like the United States and benefit from the United States, which isn't isn't easy to do. 
Well, we're uh, really looking forward to what's going to be one of the biggest events in the history of sport in the United States coming up in 2031 and 33. Certainly work to be done. And let's finish with that. What is it that uh, needs to be done prior to 31 to really be ready for that? And what what isn't ready that you've really got to work on until then? Well, well there's a technical side, which, which is never easy. But, but I, I think it's something that is really, I wouldn't say mechanical, but I think there's a lot of work to do, but there's nothing really super innovative, although we're, we would try to do some innovation in how you deliver a Rugby World Cup, just based on our assets and, and what we can offer in our country. But the, the number one thing by far, I think, is, is and it's, it's really being led by USA Rugby and World Rugby, and we're obviously part of it. We put that in our, in our bid is we're basically going to scooch up the legacy value of hosting a, a rugby world cup or major event of rugby in the United States and really start developing and using that money and pushing it forward so that we start spending you know, millions of dollars to, to invest in the game and grow the game together with organizations like MLR, obviously USA rugby paying a key, key part in all of that, but really trying to ensure that more kids are playing more, more colleges are playing, um, you know, more men, women are playing and, and people understand that, you know, and, and through that effort, you end up getting more fans and people are more engaged and, and you get real, you end up promoting the sport that way by, by actually growing the sport. And, and that's, I think, the, the, the real focus of the next few years has to be that. Because if we don't benefit in that way from this and everybody just makes a bit of money, I, th I think we would have not necessarily failed, but we wouldn't have gotten what we could have out of this experience like we should. Well, the next nine years are going to be exciting uh, and stressful as we get ready for what's going to be awesome. And then 11 years, the Women's World Cup as well, which is awesome. So, Jim, we appreciate the time. Congratulations on the uh, success. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be chatting in the future. Yeah, but I, I'd just like to add one thing, though, um, in there that I think real pie in the sky is the Americans have to win both World Cups. Mm. There you go. Let's get the next level, right? Go. Why not, right? Yep. Why not? And uh, let's let's spend the next couple getting out of the pool play, winning a couple games, you know, and then That's you for sure. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jim, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much, and uh, best of luck. Thanks. Thanks a lot, everyone. That's Jim Brown, the executive chair for the committee to get the World Cup. Uh, in 2031 and 33 to the United States. Great job by Jim and company. And listen, he's right. The pie in the sky uh, goal for the USA is to certainly win it. They have yet to ever, the men haven't won a match, right, recently. Um, you know, you start there. You start there. You get, Let's work you on get getting out of the knockout stages first get before out, we yeah, talk about right? winning the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, in 31 and nine years, it'd be nice if we were in a position to compete and the host team, you know, typically it gets a little boost. Uh, you know, you get a, get a little juice, a little little something, a little luck. Uh, and, and then in 2031, let's see what happens, man, on home soil. Let's go. You know, the, the bar is set really high already for the women's team being one of the more competitive women's uh, programs internationally. So high expectations there and some incredible and amazing female athletes that USA Rugby and Club Rugby has at all the levels. But really... We have to look at what happened in Japan to the Japanese national team, to their league there, to the changes that it brought to that professional league. And hopefully we can mimic and copy some of the great highlights that happened there and just exploding the impact, the images, 
and the passion that fans have for a game that we know and love now because we've been involved with it for so many years. But introducing that to new fans is really the difference maker for that Rugby World Cup. And if we can follow the likes of Japan as a host nation and one, put on a games that was as quality as the games that they did and then to perform the way that they did as a very beloved country and competitor now, as well as a very well-respected host nation. It was fun to turn on the games that, uh, you know, the butt crack of dawn, watch Sean Davies, watch Paul CK, uh, watch Paul Mullen, watch some of our guys, right? Uh, and they were all our guys uh, with the U.S., but some of our Utah Warrior, future Utah Warriors coaches and players. Pretty, pretty cool experience. A lot of special things to go around and still a lot of special rugby to come this season and next season and for nine more until that World Cup rolls around. If you want to be part of Dub Nation, it's time to renew your season tickets for the 2023 season. You can call now and make your arrangements. Call 801-477-7652. Support the boys in the red and black. Rock your four stripes when you come out to Zions Bank Stadium. Make sure your ticket packages are set. Call 801-477-7652 now. Okay, that'll do it for us. Join us Saturday night, 8 Mountain Time, for the Utah Warriors and Austin Gilgronis on KJAZ, kslsports.com, the Rugby Network, ESPN 700, ESPN 960. We've got the call for you, baby. Big game, Saturday night. Get your tickets at uh, warriorsrugby.com as well. Like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. Our thanks to Zion Going and Jim Brown, two of the greatest names we could possibly have on this program all within nine letters or less. Today's show is produced by Billy Rathule and Mason Benson. For Banksy, I am Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors!